I feel like becoming wild is a huge part of the foundation of what it means to be human. And I think that we have um, turned away from that. And we are now seeing how that is reflecting in our own lives and our bodies and um, our cultures around the world. This is a podcast about the adventures of wild women. And through our adventures, we become wild women. We'll get into the heart of what adventure is all about and share stories from the wild women who inspire us to reach higher and dig deeper. We'll shine a spotlight on the mystery of places in the world we've encountered in our travels and where we're dreaming of going next. All women are invited to go wild with us. Welcome. I'm so excited to introduce you to Nikki Van Scheindel, who's one of the wildest women I know. I can tell you that Nikki is a brave badass who's always done what scares her the most. And this has led her on amazing adventures in the wild. She once sold all of her possessions and paid someone to abandon her on a deserted island on Canada's west coast to live for nearly two years in the wild with only handmade tools. Nikki shares this incredible journey of <laughs> dream home to lean to, diamonds to bear claws, on the TEDx stage and in her best-selling book, Becoming Wild. Nikki starred on the History Channel series alone, where she faced the challenge to survive in the Arctic winter by herself. Oh, watching the show gave me goosebumps. Her story is incredible. So I am thrilled to reconnect with my friend Nikki for a great chat about how she's becoming wilder and share this conversation with you. Here we go. Nikki. I am so happy to have this time to connect with you. It's been a while since we've chatted and I first discovered you from your book, which I'm holding like a, a treasure here. And I have it close to me always actually, because it's kind of a reminder for me of something that feels really important to cherish. So this book of yours, Becoming Wild. Um, and so I'm just so happy to get to talk to you more about your book and your adventures and just this amazing wild life that you're leading. <laughs> Yeah, it's really great to connect again, Jennifer. I've been following all of your adventures as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can fan fangirl uh, over over each other a little bit, but um, but I want to um, just really thank you so much because you know, Nikki, in in some ways, I really feel like you've you've lived my dream or you're living my dream. And having read your book, Becoming Wild, uh, it called to something very deep and, you know, a deep yearning that I feel. And I know that the women listening to this in their own way have this desire to become wild. And it means different things to all of us. And having read your book and then followed along with, with some of your adventures that you've shared, such as on the Alone Show of your adventure in the Arctic, you know, I feel like I've almost been able to become more wild vicariously through your story. So I'd love to hear what becoming wild really means to you. Why did you choose that title, Becoming Wild? Yeah, it, it was a difficult choice of 
naming a book, you know, I didn't realize what it was. And then when I was really thinking about just the overall, you know, lessons that I learned out there and, and who I became as a person, I, it just absolutely resonated with me about this idea of becoming wild and not necessarily the, you know, dictionary definition of it, um, you know, being uncivilized and, you know, I, I do feel it has something to do with being untamed. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like becoming wild is a huge part of the foundation of what it means to be human. And I think that we have um, turned away from that. And we are now seeing how that is reflecting in our own lives and our bodies and um, our cultures around the world. And so um, to me, it's becoming wild isn't just about having this deep, you know, authentic connection to the natural world where it, you know, expands our awareness and shifts our perspectives and gives us these kind of skills for survival. I think it's much deeper than that. It, mm. I really feel that it goes into this idea of, you know, unleashing this heroic human potential that we all have inside of us. You know, when I really became wild out in the wilderness, I had never felt more alive in all of my life. Yeah. You know, this intense feeling of being alive was something I never felt uh, living in the city. Um, this, this real love of life, you know, just embodied me really. And there were so many other things about it um, that I've discovered through, you know, suffering in survival <laughs> treks really until I've been able to come on the other side of that. Yeah. Um, to where it's no longer suffering. Um, it is just this incredible place of embracing vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this unyielding persistence, um, you know, that I've always learned from weeds, you know, pushing through the concrete. I mean, this is, you know, the, the fundamental parts of being a human and um, certainly uh, having, you know, bold courage you know, not to just face our fears. I, th I think we talk a lot about facing our fears and we can always just brush those aside again and put those behind us. But I think we need to come to the point where we have this bold courage to defy our fears, you know, to actually, you know, not get rid of them. I used to believe in this idea of fearlessness is what it meant to be wild. And I certainly don't believe that anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just more about understanding where those fears come from and being willing to go to those places of the unknown. Yeah. Um, and you were very deliberate in that, you know, the story you share in this book, um, subtitled Living the Primitive Life on a West Coast Island, that wasn't thrust upon you or forced in any way. You chose to go out and create this adventure. So you created this opening for you to step into this challenging, perhaps fearful place. And so I'm curious about when you use the word primitive, you know, do you feel like this experience or this um, quest, perhaps that you were on? Yes. Is it about going back? You know, when we think of the word primitive, we mm -hmm. think of going back to, you know, the Stone Age time and something very, very raw and essential. Is it about going back and and trying to be something that is perhaps long lost um, in our in our modern memory, or is it about evolving in a new way, moving forward? Did you feel, or did you feel like you were holding both? 
you know, the, the term primitive, yes, having all kinds of connotations these days. And, you know, the way I look at the word is, you know, every human being on this planet at some time was primitive. And it, and it to me, it, it doesn't bring up these feelings of, you know, um, uncivilized or lacking in, you know, any kind of mental strength or anything. I feel like it's this primal part of what it is to be human. Mm. And I went to that extreme using stone age tools and learning about, you know, our primitive past and these ancient ways and skills, because I felt like that was the one place where I could find truth. You know, I know that sitting under a tree in the wilderness is the most incredible place to find the truth in this world about ourselves and, you know, our place in it. And so I went that way as, as a way to have a, base to begin this discovery of, you know, this balance that I actually wanted to find in my life, because I don't think the way to the future is by going back to the past and, you know, homesteading or even learning these primitive skills necessarily. Um, I think it's more about finding this balanced lifestyle approach between the wisdom of the old ways and the best of our new technologies. And I've certainly seen that in the transformations that's happened to myself where I've used, you know, technology to help me get there faster. Mm -hmm. And I know a bit about your background, which is part of the reason why I feel so connected to your story and um, thinking about you growing up in the city and you were, I mean, you had this equestrian dream you were a a show jumper (laughs) and and horses were your your love and your life and you know you came from a very uh modern you know upper class background and so i i'm intrigued because you know there's this feeling i think that some people have that it's a really long way from being a you know downtown kind of girl to yes. being this um off grid <laughs> um you know primitive Wild survivalist <laughs> and so so you know not to not to say that you don't embody everything that you are right now very authentically but you didn't come from this background you chose it very consciously and you set out to create this um, this opportunity to have this adventure. And I find that fascinating because like myself, you know, I, I didn't uh, grow up with a lot of these teachings. And so for you to, to set out on this adventure to spend, what was it, a year, over a year and a half living in a very primitive way in um, just off the BC coast, what was the prompt that just pushed you over the edge to say, yes, I have to do this because you didn't have to do it. Um, Or did you tell, tell me? Yeah. It's an interesting question. I, I really, I was compelled to do this by something that I could not understand at the time. Um, I had no idea why I was, you know, pretty much walked away from my, you know, American dream life and yeah. decided to live like Thoreau did and belly crawling on animal trails and, <laughs> you know, stalking animals to touch them and coming <laughs> home with, you know, leaves in my hair and scat in my pockets. I mean, it was just <laughs> ridiculous. I thought I was going crazy. Um, but I, um, I just, I had this 
insatiable need to learn everything I could about nature. Um, I started having the most incredible and magical and unbelievable, you know, experiences with wildlife and trees and things that, you know, only happened in my fairy tales that I read as a kid. And um, I, it just made me want more of it. And I, I felt safe in nature. I felt at home in nature eventually. And it was the place that, that I didn't feel those same things in, in a city life. And it really just fulfilled me. And so, yeah, once I, I spent about five years, I think just learning and taking courses and just living outside all day and all night. Um, and then one day I just decided I didn't want to keep reading other people's stories. Like I wanted to make my own up. And yeah. so I, I just started preparing for it. And I decided just to pay someone. I wasn't going to sit around and wait for my plane to crash anymore or have some real life, you know, stranded on an island. Somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to pay someone, you know, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. So I did. I, you know, I sold all my possessions um, put some stuff in storage and I just paid someone to boat me out into a, the wilderness and drop me off. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of the most scariest moments. You know, when I saw that boat, I'll never forget the scene in my head when I just saw that boat just slowly poof out of existence in the mm-hmm. horizon. I was like, Ooh, like, what have I done here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Did you have some of the same feelings when you in a way recreated that, that experience that you shared in the becoming wild book about your, um, your survival adventure in, in British Columbia and then you were chosen to be on the alone show as a contestant and you yeah. went up into the Arctic and again, were challenged with surviving in a very different ecosystem. How did that feel having gone through it before, but in a different context, did you feel at home relieved or did you feel like it brought up a whole set of new evolutions in your development as a, as a wild woman? I know it was completely a different feeling. Yeah, you know, I was so excited to be dropped off in that helicopter and for it to just leave and leave me alone in the wild. I was like, <laughs> leave me. It was, you know, anytime they came in for a med check, I was like, why are you here? Like, it was so was called alone. Like, beat it. You're just my space. Like, I don't, I don't need you. Like, I am so happy right now. Like, you just, um, I just like really it was the most it was it was the most transformational survival check i've done in many ways for the fact that i i i got past i think just from all of the previous experiences i had alone was kind of this um celebration if you will of mm. how i feel when i'm in a wild place you know i never i never felt alone i i, I felt this is extreme joy every day. Like I woke up just like, yes, like I can't wait to what the Arctic brings me today. You yeah. know, even if it's minus 35, yeah. Like I really want my eyelashes to freeze, you know, like, um, and just every night, just so excited to go to sleep and have amazing dreams and wake up the next day for this um, adventure to continue. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I uh, certainly had some incredible 
um, experiences out in the Arctic. Um, and yeah, I'm very grateful for the whole production company for, for the experiences I had, you know, despite being pulled off and not winning the 500,000, I'm a little still. A little <laughs> about that. Yeah. yeah. No, I was cheering you on. And again, uh, feeling like I was enjoying the adventure vicariously through you. And one of the things Nikki, that is so inspiring to me about you um, that came through so beautifully in your book. And then I saw on the show and I'm, I'm sure you express this, you know, this, this is the real you is that the struggle was real and you were dealing with some, you know, some really, really hard stuff, but you use the words magic and miracles and mystery. And you have this attitude of, of awe in so many things that you write about and that, you know, I, I saw in the show that I think color your, your experience because you are looking for that in, in what you're doing. And I think that you just bring this, um, you know, real creative spirit to, to what you do. And, um, and, you know, a lot of people look at these experiences and think, oh my God, that looks hard and really shitty. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go through all that, but you bring that wonder and that beauty to how you approach these, um, challenges that has always just been very compelling to me, uh, following along. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, my, I do. I see through this lens, just as you said, with everything. And especially when I'm in the wild, nothing could, you know, bring me down out there. I mean, I, I've, I am definitely the most, you know, accident prone participant in the history of <laughs> the show. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I, and I really hope no one has to beat me of that, you know, queen title. Um, but <laughs> It was it was unbelievable the things that happened to me. You know, I'm not a walking klutz, even though it really seemed like it. And just every time, you know, something incredible would happen, it would be the complete opposite. It was this pendulum swing out there. And to not at all be phased by these serious injuries and things that easily could have sent me home, but to like heal them in record time and, you know, just move on and be quite capable with, you know, one handed chopping down trees or whatever I had to do. It just, I never, ever dwelled on the suffering that I could have easily gone to, you know, we, we choose to decide to suffer and we choose to decide to wake up and have the same, you know, negativity from our past of the day before, the year before, or, you know, when we were six. So mm -hmm. I just choose not to do that anymore. I choose to have an understanding and awareness of where I am. And um, I really do see through these eyes of, it's, it's almost like childlike when I'm in the woods, certainly. Yeah. Um, it's just, there is so much just wonder and magic at every turn. And um, I've, it, it brings those experiences to me is what I find. If, if I'm, if I'm not open to them and willing to look at them, they're not going to show up or I'll miss them. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, being on alone certainly made you have to, you know, go out of your comfort zones for sure. And, and I think that's part of what the beauty of this show is. And I'm really excited that it's really gained some traction and the media and people are seeing, you know, just how incredible the show is because it's far more than just the skills. I've always 
been a real believer in that. It's not so much the skills or the things in your backpack that make you able to survive. It's far more about the strength of your mind and your ability to control your emotions and, you know, listen to your intuition and, and, you know, really challenge yourself and push yourself to those places that you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And alone pushes every participant, you know, past past what they even anticipated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty powerful show. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I watching you in in that experience living on your own in the Arctic in a primitive shelter and foraging for your own food the feeling that I had watching you was the wild is humbling you and as you say that that spirit that you brought that attitude and openness and and kind of wide-eyed appreciation of so many things that were gifted to you um, seems like it was one of your superpowers that you know yes you have mad skill <laughs> technically as a survivalist um, and I think that that what really brought all that together to make you as successful as you did to last as long as you did, it was very impressive, was that, yeah, I'm getting up and I'm I'm living this day and and that positivity that you were able to hold was a real emotional strength. You know, I think the the show alone is a bit of a misnomer. You know, to say you were alone, you were part of a very dynamic community of life in that ecosystem. And and I'd love to hear more about some of the relationships you felt like you developed in the wild when you were in the Arctic and, and how that was different than your home, your relationship with the animals and, and the different elements of nature where you live. Did you feel, did you feel like you were alone? Um, so there weren't humans around, but there was a lot that was very active in your world in that, in that place. Yeah, I was really excited to get to experience what it feels like to be truly alone because it's practically impossible to get that um, in our lives now. Um, And so, yeah, I was so excited to, you know, feel those fears or anything that came up. And I have to say, like the second I stepped off that helicopter, I had never felt more connected to my friends and my family and my mentors and teachers mm. and to nature than, than I had ever before. It, I would sit in front of my hearth and at, at times I'd be like, look, everybody, you know, take a step back. Like I'm feeling very claustrophobic in my little house. It just <laughs> felt like there was so many people and, you know, everything yeah. kind of cheering me on and sitting there next to me by the fire. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and so it was really interesting to see what happened to me in that way. I, I felt bad. I, I didn't even miss anybody. Um, I was like, wow, I should really be feeling like I should miss something, you know, anything. And I try to conjure up all these like do I miss food do I like what could I miss right now and and I'd be like wow I'm I don't miss anything like I chocolate no (laughs) nothing like I was Uh. just like um my brain has developed a skill that when I'm away from you know favorite foods or whatever yeah it it doesn't long for food anymore because it just understands that it's never going to get it so why would I bother wasting my time on it Mm. so I have that nice little survival (laughs) skill that helps me out there um but yeah this there was just never a feeling of alone or being lonely Mm -hmm. um and for me I had never ever survived in a a landscape like the arctic you know I, I 
I've slept in one snow cave and my guide got hypothermia and I had to save him. So it wasn't exactly a very good learning experience. Either. Yeah. So to walk onto a landscape that was very foreign and most of the animals quite foreign, except for bears. And, you know, they're just, they weren't around. So, um, you know, I'd never been around rabbits or snowshoe hares or, um, so learning about this new terrain and the animals was so much fun. I mean, I just absolutely loved it. Um, and because I couldn't seem to catch a fish, <laughs> which seems so ridiculous since I'm an actual commercial fisherman, um, <laughs> it forced me to say, look, you just are sucking at this. It's just not working. All of your ideas haven't worked. Move on and mm -hmm. let it go. And so it really forced me to yeah like learn about this new landscape and the animals there and um it was so much fun the process was an amazing uh, process to go through I, I really enjoyed it where were your darkest nights of the soul i mean what was what was your sharpest edge in the arctic you know i honestly i don't want to say i didn't have a darkest night of the soul um I didn't personally, my darkest night of the soul was when I knew that the production was, you know, really worried about my weight and my weight loss. And so I actually found the light out in the Arctic. I, I didn't find my darkness out there. I was actually mm -hmm. found my light and this love for humanity, which I've to be honest, I'd never had before. I was quite irritated by humans and hence why I was a hermit for half my life. So you had to be alone to fall in love with humans yes, again? <laughs> I had to literally be alone to fall in love with humanity again um, in the Arctic alone. It was the most ironic you know, transformation that happened. I, I became a completely different person when I mm -hmm. left there. Um, and so I think the darkest times for me was this most intense pressure that I've ever felt uh, to gain weight. It was a very odd feeling, especially for a woman, mm -hmm. you, know, God, you know, not being fat enough when I started um, and then getting skinny where I knew they were worried about it. Um, and I think it was a really dark time where I was just so you know, pressured and worried to hunt and to be successful. And it really started stealing a little bit of the magic and my intuitive abilities um, out there. And, you know, it was, a, it was a really tough place. And I learned a lot about it. And, you know, I love pressure being a competitive athlete. So it was fun in that way. But I will say there was some, there was some nights where I was like, wow, I just, I have to, you know, have some food and, you know, really just talking to the land and the animals. And every time I was on a time crunch and to be on a time crunch in the wilderness where there is no time, um, was another really hard thing to deal with. Like I would be like, Oh God, I, I think they're coming in tomorrow. So like, I have to have a rabbit, like I need a hare or I need, you know, a squirrel and to just be under this pressure to be working with nature in such a way was, a, mm. it was, it was pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. I have to say. 
So going back from that adventure in the Arctic to your off-grid homestead on um, on an island off the BC coast, um, tell me how that felt when you re-entered your normal life, which for many people is adventurous in and of itself. You know, you you live um, in a very small community. What is it? Six people that live on in Echo Bay? Yeah, I think we're down yeah. to six, maybe eight. <laughs> so you're almost alone. <laughs> It's, alone. alone is pretty normal for you, Nikki. Um, yeah. So how did it feel going back and creating your regular life? And where do you find your place in nature in, in that in that environment? Um, did it feel different for you to recreate something where you weren't pressured? You know, you're home, um, you're in your cabin that you built yourself, and you're doing the things that you are free to do in, in your own time. How did you reconnect with your sense of place after that adventure? Yeah, when I when I got home, you know, I wouldn't say I felt lonely, but it would probably be one of the first times I got close to feeling lonely as being at my cabin um, in the wilderness um, because I had come away from the Arctic with this, just this intense, you know, love and need to be around people and this genuine concern and um, interest in people's lives and, you know, how I can help. And um, so being a hermit out in the wilderness just <laughs> doesn't really uh, lend to this new type of um, feelings that I have. So um, it, it's made me um, create new opportunities and create new ideas so that I can, you know, balance both of these places that um, I need to be now. Um, it was really interesting. You know, I think we always have this sense of having to, you know, like in the Arctic, you know, I'm having to get food. Okay. And anybody's life, whether you're living in the city or in the wilderness, you know, we have these needs that have to be met. So I feel like I'm, we always have this pressure to, to do and be the things that we want to do and people expect of us, of course. Um, but I feel like being out in the wilderness for me now has an element that's missing um, where I never felt anything to be missing from my life in the wilderness before. Um, I, I've always felt that you know going back to the old ways wasn't the way of the future either. Um, but I was quite content um, to even be alone you know, with mm. my squirrel neighbors and my bear neighbors and, you know, a few of my human neighbors. Um, and now I have a new longing, which is really exciting. And it's been really fun to learn about being this new me. So mm. I'm really excited where the future will take me and, and how I can reach out more and um, be of service to, to people mm. to help them you know, um, experience what I have in nature. And how do you feel called to share that? Because I know that you, you've done work as a guide and bringing groups into some of these wilderness experiences. And, and clearly you have a lot of experience to share and, and, um, amazing leadership skills. And I know that, you know, in wild women expeditions, a lot of what we put out there is that, you know, there's something really powerful about going through these experiences in a group and that we're not 
we're not really meant to be alone. And so how does this experience ignite you in your group leadership? And do you feel, do you feel called to bring people out to have these, these experiences with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. You know, it's, it's my new passion and and I've been very careful over the years to, you know, decide what this new passion will be for me because then I'm just all in, you know, gung ho hundred percent. You're an all or nothing kind of, kind of woman. It can kind of take (laughs) over, it will take over my life and the people in it with me. So I'm trying to be much more balanced of a human. Mm. um, So yeah, I'm, I'm, right now creating a new company. Um, I'm going to create um, customized kind of life empowering ventures into the wild for people. Um, I feel, I feel that there is so many incredible expedition companies out there doing incredible things. And I think I'm going to try to focus, use nature, um, and use travel and, and use, you know, adventure, and these kinds of extreme kind of sports, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to focus more on pushing the edge of self-discovery, mm-hmm. um, you know, rekindling this forgotten relationship that we have with the natural world in a very deep and authentic way. Um, and I want to kind of bring in a new type of luxury that I'm designing to go with that because, you know, we'd all don't want to sleep out in a bed of leaves. (laughs) Sometimes I don't. (laughs) So, um, I just, I feel like I want to help people discover this, you know, wild spirit that we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, their unedited, extraordinary truth of who they truly are. And, um, and I, I just want people to be able to tell their own stories, you know, about what they desire about themselves and our culture and, you know, this, this earth that we have that, you know, we are seeing just, yeah, some, just the pain, you know, yeah. that's happening right now in our world, you know, not just with, you know, our planet, um, the survival of our planet, but I really feel that, yeah, we're not only in a quest for our survival as humans on this planet, but really this quest for self-mastery. And, you know, I learned a lot being alone on the show towards this. And humans definitely are a social being. I mean, we are a species of the heart and we need people and community. But I think really discovering this truth about ourselves and the truth about the world, which is almost an impossible you know, journey these days is Mm -hmm. oftentimes being alone and having those moments where we can look inside. And I really feel like I can help push people, you know, past their boundaries that they think they have, you know, um, and show them, you know, this new place that they can see through. Um, I love it. And really excited about it. It's really sacred work, Nikki, you know, to hold that space with the the strength and the experience that you bring um, for people to feel safe that they can journey, you know, in in, in that kind of way. Yeah, safety is key. Yeah, I think that's where our technology really comes into play. You know, the more and more I think about it, you know, we have this technology that surrounds us um, and, like like alone you know just 
so much money is spent on keeping us safe out there. Yeah. At the same time, we're literally can die in the next step we take. And, yeah. and having this kind of, you know, behind the scenes safety net is something I've never experienced in my life in the wilderness. And yeah. knowing that a medical team is going to rush in there if I push a red button. I mean, I really felt it gave my system this, you know, kind of uh, like this space to just let go and, you know, go farther than, you know, normally you would. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I kind of want to offer people as well. And I certainly want to, I, I just see that the future is much more about collaboration instead of we're all trying to, we're all trying to achieve the same thing. And I think collaboration with other companies will be really fun to, you know, add these kinds of modules into already existing programs out there. Love it. Tell me about collaboration from the perspective of women's leadership, because mm -hmm. we're really interested in this podcast, The Adventures of Wild Women. Yes. We want to talk about the approach and the value of women engaging in wilderness adventure. Um, and, you know, there's something that's very particular about how, as women, many of us engage in in the wild and in groups and how we lead and you know when you talk about the value of collaboration instead of choosing a word like competition yes. um, how do you feel like as a woman what are you bringing to that work that you feel is so important yeah yeah I do I I feel I feel really strongly about this, you know, change of perspective of, you know, definitely survival of the fittest and, you know, the concepts that we've been living by for eons, um, that we do need to look at it in a different way than competition and, um, you know, individualism, you know, it's much more about connection and unity and, and working with others that really gives you a sense of meaning to your life. And mm. I think women bring this type of energy and, you know, you brought up the word sacred and I think it's really missing in our modern lives. You know, this, this idea that everything is sacred and, mm. you know, we, we really see that on alone. You know, I mean, I, I was crying like all the time when I, you know, find some berry patch or, you know, certainly taking lives. It was, was so real and powerful in this gratitude that I had. Um, and I remember at some points being like, look, just don't cry on this scene. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, and then I would just, you know, blubber along in the camera. And, and I realized in that moment, like, no, like, I, I, I want to cry and show this gratitude that I have, and I'm not afraid to do that. Yeah. And I think women really bring this, this new energy that really the world needs, um, you know, we can be more vulnerable and it's okay in society where we don't need to be these tough, rugged, you know, hardcore adventurists. I mean, we are, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but we have like overlaying that is this real gentle, this real, um, nurturing, this care tending quality that, you know, the women energy has, you know, the feminine. And, um, and I think this is what will really help balance our world and, and, and make us care about the things that we truly care about in a, in a deeper, you know, more impactful way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 
you know, to, I know alone and every woman I'm sure that goes on the show, you know, we want to be the one woman that wins this show because, (laughs) you know, and we will, I swear, you know, redemption will come. And I, and I love the, the distinctions between the, you know, the, the, the men and the women on the show. And you often see, you know, the, the men struggling with things that women are not struggling with. I think emotionally, the women on the show show this emotional strength and this mental strength that oftentimes is much harder for men because they are forced into this box of strength and, you know, individualism and taking care of, you know, the family and these things. And it's harder for men. Um, and I, and I think that's what we really see on alone, which is, which I think people are really liking to see that. And it's giving, you know, I'm sure men to this, you know, real opening as to, yeah, you know what, there is a strength in women that I want to, um, for sure. Yeah. And I, having watched you on the alone show, um, it, the vulnerability that you were so generous and courageous to express, um, it was more inviting to me. And I felt like I was able to open up my own desire for that experience and relate to you um, more because what you were sharing as a woman. What would you say to, I don't know, a wild woman listening right now or or perhaps me, um, you know, someone who has not had an experience and an extreme adventure like this, but wants to move in this direction of connecting more deeply with their own wild spirit and starting to make more of a choice to engage in their own connection with the wilderness and maybe not ever end up living for, uh, you know, months alone in the Arctic that that night might not be the, no. um, the goal, the dream, no. but you know, for, for women who want to go in that direction, who are inspired by the beautiful story. I hope everyone will read in this book. I hold so dear becoming wild and who've seen you on the alone show and said, I want more of that. I want to feel that mystery and magic and aliveness that, that you share with us. How do we get started? How do we, how do we be more of that kind of wild woman? Yeah. I, I, I think that you really did bring up part of what that is, is this idea of, you know, vulnerability, this, Mm. it it really, that's what the show really taught me. Um, You know, I decided right from the get go that I was going to film everything, just the worst moments, my best moments, everything. And, you know, you're doing that to a world audience. And so I felt like there was some learning in there for me. And it it certainly was, It, 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 it took away all of the, all of the, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? What are people going to judge me? I mean, at this point, nothing in my life (laughs) matters in those times of terms anymore. I mean, if you're going to judge me, okay. Like I, I'm not phased by it anymore, you know, Um, because I had that experience. And I think by starting out and really looking at you know, where you're not vulnerable in your life and where you do have your fears, 
you know, there's a lot of things that are scary about walking into the wild places. I mean, just even a park. Um, and so defining what those are and starting on a small scale is, is the best way to do it. You know, there are so many adventures waiting, even when you're living in town, I'm in town right now and I have so much fun going to just this local park or my, this little backyard I'm in. Um, and really starting to, you know, it's not just about walking in the park anymore. That's, that's not enough to, you know, restore this broken relationship we have with nature. It's just not enough. Um, you need to discover those things that you're really curious about. You know, what is part of nature that sparks this curiosity and wonder in you? Is it birds? Is it animals? Is it plants? Is it, mm. you know, cooking? Um, is it, anything there there's a multitude of things to discover that you are actually curious about and then just go deeper with it you know find ways to um, journal or draw or um you know track the animals buy a you know i buy a um a, like a trail camera buy a trail camera and put it up in your yard and you'll get to see all the raccoons and birds and things that are in your yard that you don't even know about um, start, you know, you, there's so much tech now that you can use to help you, you know, with bird songs and bird language. Um, but it always comes back to slowing down your pace. You know, we're just so fast and we yes. want everything quickly. And if you're not going to take the time to invest in yourself and just sit under a tree, um, you know, it's the easiest and cheapest way to really rebuild this relationship. The, the, the adventures I've had from just sitting under a tree and expanding my awareness and just watching what happens uh, is incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll soon have squirrels running up your legs and birds will know you and they won't alarm you anymore. They'll be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here comes Nikki. You know, she's just going to sit by that tree. I'm sure um, she's cool. Don't worry about her. Um, you'll start to be able to have like an actual dialogue with nature. I mean, we can talk to animals uh, you know, it sounds very, you know, woo woo or whatever, but it's real. And the, what I love right now about living in this time is that science is actually backing what mystics and, um, you know, medicine women have been saying for, you know, our entire existence. And so it helps our scientific minds that we've been trained now to be so logical and linear mm -hmm. it's helping us to expand ourselves so you know read science that's going to help you go hey this is actually true because this has been proven um, and it'll help you go a lot faster um, i know for me you know i didn't have youtube or you know i had to write letters to people i read about in a book to see if they could teach me how to you know <laughs> make stinging nettle rope i mean it was a long long process of diving in um yeah. so there's a lot more that we can do to speed it up but we don't want to speed it up too much that we actually lose the depth of it and, and that really is you know not just wanting to get to the top of the mountain it means yeah, i love never that get to the top you know i love that you I, talk about curiosity because yeah. i'm so curious what adventures do you have planned next well i'm i'm really excited i'm going to um travel 
to Ontario, I have finally discovered my heritage. I did a DNA test like most of us have been doing during COVID <laughs> and I was adopted. And so I finally have, um, through a DNA search, uh, found some cousins and um, my birth family. So I'm going to do a, you know, extended survival trek. Um, I'm going to build a, a birch bark canoe and I'm going to find my grandfather's trapping cabin. Apparently he was a trapper for the Hudson's Bay company. And um, I'm going to, yeah, do this incredible exploration into a um, the kind of lake ways of Ontario and um, reconnect with um, part of my heritage and history of the Ojibwe people there. Wow. Wow. Nikki, I love your wild spirit and I'm so looking forward to following vicariously along uh, with your, your adventures and just cheering you on. Thanks so much for taking the time to tell us more about your incredible journey of becoming wild, Nikki. Nikki is in the process of launching a new experiential adventure company, creating handcrafted, life-empowering experiences in the wild. Stay tuned to her social channels for more on that. You can get updates on her YouTube channel, Becoming Wild, her blog, daisycrockett.com, or check her out on Facebook, Nikki Van Scheindel. We'll also pop all of this info in the show notes for you. Check out wildwomenexpeditions.com slash podcast. Like what you're hearing? Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in and hit subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You don't want to miss out. Wild Women Expeditions is a global leader in women's adventure travel. And we're so much more. We're nature lovers. We aim to empower women and communities around the world. Want to know more? Check us out at wildwomenexpeditions.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>